Come on, new birth. Let's make some noise tonight for Jesus, the King of Kings, Lord of Lords. Come on. It's good to be with you tonight. I, uh, this is unbelievable. We are turning up on a Tuesday. Come on, it's going up on a Tuesday. I thought the first service was rowdy, and they told me that this is the rowdy one. So, I, I, did I hear right? This is a turn up service, and I come on. Well, I'm excited to be here. My name is John, and I come from a church called Grace City in Lakeland, Florida. Uh, my senior pastors, Andrew and Christina Guard, send their love. They're the only reasons why I get to do stuff like this, and. Uh, I am blessed to be here tonight. I hope you know that. I, I literally have been watching what God is doing here. And about a week ago, I saw that y'all started a second service. And so I, I, right away, I, I slid into John's DMs. I just did. I said, this is incredible. I said, I just want to come hang out. I want to come see it. And he asked me, he said, hey, why don't you just preach? And I was like, all right, let's do it. And he's like, you want to do both services? I was like, yeah, I want to do both services. I'm like... <laughs> I know I'm white, but y'all invited a Pentecostal tonight. I'm ready to turn up tonight. And I'm excited to be with you. I want to show honor where it is due before I go any farther. Um, I did this last service, and what I believe honor is, I heard it said this way, and I can't shake it out of my head. Honor is affirming God's choice. And uh, we get weird about honor when we think it's something that it's not. But what honor is is saying this is who God has anointed. And tonight, I just want to shout out Pastor John and Diana. Come on, can we give it up? You love your pastors tonight. <clears throat> Come on. You know, tonight, I, uh, I believe that God's best is ahead of these two people. I think that we have just scratched the surface of what God wants to do. And if we are filling up the temple right now, I can't wait to see what God does next. Amen. And I just do exactly like we're supposed to do. I affirm the call of God that's on both of your life. As soon as I saw you guys' wedding pictures, I was like, good God, they belong in a magazine. They're beautiful. <laughs> like what's happening. And uh, they're incredible. I did bring some friends with me that are also amazing. I love them so much. Some of our, some of our youth leaders, Jasmine, Haley, Graylin. And I did bring my beautiful wife with me, Natalie. Come on. And... Uh, my wife is Chilean and Paraguayan, and every time we come to a Spanish church, I think she's not coming home with me. So tonight, <laughs> we're blessed to be here, and we're loving life. We've been married now for a few years, and uh, we're just blessed, man. We're believing God's up to some amazing things, not just in our church, but all around Florida. I believe that God's doing something new in Florida. Anybody believe that? From St. Augustine to Miami, we're going to see a move of God in Florida that's going to shake the world. And it's going to be through churches like this, people that are sold out to the gospel, people that will turn up on a Tuesday night to see what the Holy Spirit wants to do. And tonight, I'm excited to preach. I love this series. We're talking about basics. Come on. Here's the reason why I think it's so important is there are few things that have the potential to mess your life up, like relationships and sexuality. And the unfortunate thing is, is that we oftentimes learn that lesson the hard way, right? A lot of us in here are church people. I grew up in church. I grew up as a pastor's son, and the truth is I didn't make best decisions with my purity. And the crazy thing is, is that what the enemy loves to do is get you making bad decisions before you know what you're doing. So we see 12, 13, 14, 15-year-olds making the decisions that are going to affect the rest of their life, and they wonder why when they wake up at 30 years old why they can't 
open up to people and they wonder why there's trust issues and they wonder why they bounce from person to person to person to person. It's because we make decisions that affect the rest of our lives as children. Tonight, what I believe about relationships is this. Everybody has an ex and it's time for you to get over yours. <laughs> and tonight, I'm going to preach a message that I, I preached to our youth ministry about a week ago. And I preached it at the whatever time the last service was. I don't know where I am. I don't know what time it is right now, but I'm going to preach it again. Can you help me tonight? We're going to go into Joshua chapter 4. And the Joshua chapter 4, it'll be on the screens behind me. But it says this. When all the people had crossed the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Now choose 12 men, one from each tribe. Tell them, take 12 stones from the very place where the priests are standing in the middle of the Jordan. Carry them out and pile them up at the place where you will camp tonight. So Joshua called together the 12 men he had chosen, one from each of the tribes of Israel. He told them, go into the middle of the Jordan River in front of the ark of the Lord your God. Each of you must pick up one stone and carry it out on your shoulder. 12 stones in all, one for each of the 12 tribes of Israel. We will use these stones to build a memorial. In the future, your children will ask you, what do these stones mean? That's important for where we're headed tonight. What do these stones mean? Then you can tell them, they remind us that the Jordan River stopped flowing when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant went across. These stones will stand as a memorial among the people of Israel forever. Tonight, I want to talk a little bit about m memories and memorials. Memory is a funny thing in our life. You know, I probably could ask you this question and everyone would have an answer. Is there a type of food that you just hate? Like as soon as I said there's a type of food, instantly your mind went somewhere. For some people, it might have been like a vegetable. Like I don't eat broccoli. It's so good to see you. Oh, my God. I'm so glad you're here. Um, you completely distracted me because you're so good looking. This is crazy. Um, <laughs> Broccoli, asparagus, thank you. Don't know who that was, but you're helping me along tonight. I got to be honest, if you ask me what kind of food is the one kind of food that I don't like, I brought it with me tonight, okay? And it's hot dogs, okay? All right, all right, all right, chill out, okay? Someone, there, was, there, was some, there was some emotion behind it. I'll, I'll give you a short synopsis tonight of why I do not like hot dogs. Here's why. The color. What color is that? I don't know. Red. No food that looks like this should be called red. Other reasons why I don't like them. I don't understand why when you open them, there's water inside of it. What's the water from? No idea. Other reason why I don't really like them is because none of you in this place can tell me what part of an animal made something that looked like this, okay? If you Google how our hot dogs made, there's a nasty YouTube video, and they're made out of something called meat trimmings. You know what that is? It's all the parts of the animal they can't sell. They grind that up and they sell them to you in a thing called a hot dog. The reason why I don't like them, it goes even further, though. For some reason, these are in my house. Actually, I know the reason why. My wife does not share my opinion. She loves hot dogs, okay? And for like two weeks, she kept being like, hey, I really want barbecued hot dogs. I really want barbecued hot dogs. I'm like, babe, I can buy you any kind of food, and this is what you want. She's like, yes, I want barbecued hot dogs. And so uh, my wife runs the house, and so I went to go buy hot dogs, of course. 
I was unaware that they were so cheap. They were like two for four dollars at Publix. Well, this is what I have to do with my hot dogs. This is amazing. <laughs> but you know, it actually goes a little bit further in my life, the reason why I don't like these hot dogs. See, it actually goes deeper. The truth is, I grew up eating a lot of hot dogs. I grew up in a family where we didn't have a ton of money. And growing up as a child, my family were church planners. And that meant, you know, we moved from where we lived to move to a different part of the country. And my parents didn't get sent by a church or by a network or something like that. So growing up, a lot of my memories have to do with lack. A lot of them have to do with not having the things that my friends had. Some of you grew up the same way I did, but I remember going to school year after year, never having things like new school clothes or new shoes. I remember going to a place called the food bank. And you know, if you grew up like me, what the food bank is, it's where you go get food that they give away for free. I'm not saying that my problems are, you probably are people in here that have worse problems than I did, but it's my story. It's the truth about me. And the reason why I don't like hot dogs is because my little brother and I had to eat them so much. And you know you grew up like I grew up if you know they taste different if you boil them, you microwave them, or you fry them, okay? (laughs) You know. (laughs) You know, memory is a funny thing in our life. Memory is a very funny thing in our life. The Bible actually has a lot to say about memory and remembrance, in case you didn't know. And our story tonight in the Bible, in the book of Joshua in chapter 4, is actually all about memory. It's all about remembrance. Joshua chapter 3, the chapter before, what has happened in the story is the people of Israel years before had left Egypt. The Bible says that God took them out with a strong hand. It says they were slaves in Egypt, and he brought them out. And these famous miracles happen where they come to the Red Sea, and God parts the Red Sea. And yet because of their disobedience, they never entered the promised land. And we come into Joshua chapter 4, and it's now been a whole generation since that happened. Joshua 3, Bible says that the people of Israel come to the River Jordan, and it's the last thing they have to pass through before they enter in to the promised land. And so what happens in the story is quite simple. The Bible says that they come to the River Jordan. And the Bible says that the Ark of the Covenant tells the priest to carry it into the river. And the Bible says that from the moment the Ark was in the river, it parted. And it made a way for the people. Now tonight, the Ark of the Covenant, what it represented was the presence of the living God. I'm thankful we're not living in the Old Testament, we're living in the New Covenant. And the presence of the living God is in this room tonight. And the same thing God's presence was doing thousands of years ago is what it's doing right now. Things that look impossible, God is making a way. Things that look impassable, God is moving to the side so you can walk and you can walk on dry ground. Because where God's presence goes, a way is made. Where God's presence goes, a miracle happens. And then God does an interesting thing. He speaks to the prophet Joshua. He speaks to the leader Joshua. And what he tells him is this. Just like we read before, he says, take these stones out of the river. He says, make a memorial. Tells all the people, all the leaders, they say, hey, every single one of you needs to go into the river that God just split. Grab a stone and make a memorial. Now, I brought a stone. The Bible says they had to carry them on their back. But I live in an apartment, so I ain't got no rocks that big in my house, okay? We found this one in the church parking lot. Shout out to Graylin. He found this one on Wednesday night. He says, take these stones out. And what he says to do is 
make a memorial. Stack them up. It's for a reason. He says that every time you look at these stones, you're supposed to remember what God did. Why does that matter tonight for our relationship series? Basics. Here's why it matters, because whether or not you were aware of it or not, you walked in here as a collection of memorials. Whether or not you've thought of it before, you might have walked in here and said, yeah, I'm doing good. I'm doing really good right now, John. I've been in church for a while. I'm making good decisions. I'm single and I, or I'm dating and we're doing it in a godly way or I'm married and we tried our best to be who God called us to be. But the problem is this, whether you're aware of it or not, all the decisions that you made up until this point will affect who you are today. And so we see people that get in relationships and then suddenly you've been dating someone for a few months and it's going awesome. And then for whatever reason, you start thinking about your high school boyfriend or girlfriend that took advantage of you. You're in church, you're serving God, you're trying to do your best to live for Jesus, and yet you cannot become closer in your relationship. Why? It's because you're a collection of memorials. But what happens in our life is this. And Joshua is speaking to it thousands of years later. He's saying, hey, take these stones out. Make a memorial. And when people ask, what does this mean? Say it's because God did a miracle in your life. You and I are really good at having selective memory about what God has done, though. If you're like me in this room, you're really good at looking back on your life and only being able to recall the times that you think God didn't show up. Memory is a funny thing to me. I spend most of my time with middle school and high school students, and so we do this service at the end of the year, end of the school, at the end of December, before they go to Christmas break, called Winter Wishes, and the kids get to turn in wishes, and we grant some of these wishes. I have a kid that asked for the biggest bag of hot Cheetos ever, so we filled like a dumpster bag full of hot Cheetos and gave it to him. It was great. He still talks about it, and uh, but this year, the one thing that they asked for was for me to make a TikTok, okay? Now, I got to be really honest with you, okay? I, I'm, I'm, I turned 30 this year. I've never felt old my entire time being a youth pastor. But TikTok, I don't get, okay? Like, this is the first one where I'm like, I don't get. I'll be walking through my church, and kids got a phone in front of them. They're just like, <laughs> like, they're just getting it back and back. I'm like, what? What are you guys doing? We're making a TikTok, Pastor John. <laughs> What's going on? I'm like, okay, TikTok. All right, we'll make a TikTok. But what happened this year is I ended up getting the flu and I wasn't able to be at our service. And so we come back to the new year and we're getting ready for our first youth night. I'm hanging out and I kind of walk in and I'm like, man, this is so exciting. The first thing that happens, some kids make a beeline to me and they're not here to say, hey, Pastor John, hope you had a great Christmas break. They're not here to say, what did you get? They're not here to say, hey, I'm pumped about church tonight. They say, Pastor John, did you make that TikTok? I look back at him, I said, what is one sentence from the sermon I just preached? Like, literally just one. And they're like, well, did you make the TikTok? That's all they can remember. See, what that reveals about your and my life is that we are really good at selecting the things that we want to remember. And the dangerous thing for our faith is this, is when we are quick to forget, we are quick to lose faith. And so what happens in a year in my life is that we're walking through this thing called life and we're doing our best to get in relationships and be who God has called us to be. And we wonder why every single time we self-sabotage them. We wonder why they seem dysfunctional and it becomes a cycle in our lives. The reason is, is because we're quick to forget what God has done. 
You have a Tuesday night at New Birth, and you come, and you remember when we sang this song. You remember what Pastor John or someone else preached about. And then a month goes by, and, and you don't remember anymore. See, God knew that all of us in here had a problem with forgetting. God knew that is who we would be. See, what I've learned in my own life is this, is that if we learn truth today, it will equal being different tomorrow. But the question is whether or not you'll learn it today. The question is whether or not you'll see it and you'll gain that perspective. See, the entire theme of the Old Testament, from the judges to the kings to the prophets to the priests, is remember what God has done. Take a moment. Think about it. Remember, remember, remember. It's over and over again. Men and women rising up that say, remember, take a second to know what God has done. But the problem in your and my life is that we still cannot remember what God has done in our life. If you're like me, I don't really have a problem looking back on my life and saying, yeah, God, you showed up in the past. I have a big problem looking towards my future and saying, God, you're going to show up again. So we get to these moments where we don't understand why we can't be in relationship and we don't understand why we can't figure this out. See, what a memorial is, it's a reminder of what God has done and what God is doing. But the problem is this. Whether you know it or not, you're a person that is full of memorials. And what God would love to do with them is to remind you all the good things that he's done in your life. But the problem is, is when we stop thinking about it like that, something that was supposed to bless us will curse us. And you'll be walking through life not understanding why you can't be in relationship. Not understanding why you're addicted to the same stuff on the internet you've been addicted to for 10 years. You'll be walking through life not understanding why it's a new person, a new guy, but they have the same personality. They got the same dysfunction. They got the same messed up things going on in their life. And it all has to do with the fact of whether or not we can look at it and learn from what God is trying to teach us. My one point and my only thing I want you to take home, if you remember anything from my message tonight, is this. Your past will either build you or break you. Your past will either build you or break you. Come on, is there anyone at New Birth Young Adults on a Tuesday night that wants to be built by what God has done, not broken by it? Is there anyone in here tonight that would say, I don't want to be bound in chains to what happened in my life, but I want to look forward to what God is speaking to me next. Here's what I'll tell you tonight. You can't define, you can't rewrite a chapter that was already written, but you get to decide tonight what the next one sounds like. And on a Tuesday night, the only reason why I came all the way from Lakeland, Florida, is because I actually believe that the rest of your life could be different from this moment on. Because I actually believe in this place that God is writing a new story. That anywhere where Jesus is, it's grace, grace. Tonight I want you to hear me say, every person within the sound of my voice, if you're in here and you think about your past, you think about relationships, you think about your purity and all you felt is shame, I want to tell you tonight, shame off of you. Our God is a God that loves and shows grace and shows mercy 
Our God is a God who says there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Our God is a God that says, behold, I am doing a new thing. I am making a river where there's only been desert. I am breathing life into bones that are dead. I am breathing air into lungs that have felt nothing. I am putting skin where there's only been a skeleton. I am returning joy where there's only been mourning. I am giving you a song of praise where tears have endured. And tonight, my last thought for us before we worship with this absolutely incredible worship team that blessed me and my family tonight is this. You and I have got to decide what these mean to us, okay? You're like, what are you talking about, John? Hot dogs, they don't mean nothing to me. Here's what I've learned about my own life, okay, as I look at my past. It's really easy for me and, and for you and for everyone within this room to look at your past and be filled with anger, be filled with bitterness, be filled with frustration. As I said before, I can look at this time in my life and it's really easy for me to be angry. It's not the worst story in the world, but it's the one that I have. Growing up in a really affluent part of the country and, and never having the things that my friends had, never being able to go on the things my friends had, never being the person that had the sneakers that my friends had. My childhood is full of a lot of memories of being embarrassed when my friends came over because the way our house was. My childhood is full of even something simple. Like my dad, I vividly remember when I was in elementary school driving home and my dad having to explain to me that even though I tried out and made the soccer team that I was trying to try out for, him telling me we can't afford it, so it doesn't matter. And it's really easy, guys, for me to come to a place and to look back on my past and to say bitterness, anger, fear, frustration. But can I tell you tonight, the same question that Joshua said was going to be asked, what does this mean? God is asking you tonight as well. Because what I want to be the person that does is look back and say, yeah, my family didn't have all that we needed at times, but my house was full of joy. What I want to be tonight is a person that says, yeah, our church plant didn't work. It shut down after three years, but thank God I was raised by people that could hear the voice of God and say, this is what we're going to do. We're going to step out in faith. Thank God I was raised by people that said, even though weeping endures for the night, joy is coming in the morning. Tonight, new birth, I know that he or she hurt you. You still get to choose whether or not you're going to live today. Tonight, I know your heart is broken. He can still heal it. Tonight, you might say there is nothing but brokenness and dysfunction in my family line. Well, guess what? A new line is starting tonight. God is restoring. He is returning. He is healing. He is bringing a new thing around. And it is your and my decision tonight to say, what does this mean?